Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Show. Whether you are a seasoned investor or building a new real estate business, this is the show for you. Whitney Sewell talks to top experts in the business. Our goal is to help you master real estate syndication. And now your host, Whitney Sewell. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Today, our guest is Raj Tekchandani. All right, Raj, thank you so much for your time being on the show today. And Raj was a high-tech entrepreneur, but he quit his W-2 and started Smart Capital in 2018 to invest in real estate full-time. He has a portfolio of nine condos in Florida, 12-unit multifamily in Massachusetts, 151-unit deal in Dalton, Georgia, 152-unit in Thomas, Georgia, and 225-unit in Amarillo, Texas. Raj, again, thank you for your time today and being on the show and just experience and value I know you're going to provide to the listeners. But to get us started, tell the listeners just who you are, what you've been doing, and what your focus is now. Well, thank you for having me on your show, Whitney. It's a pleasure to be here. You introduced pretty good. I mean, I was a tech entrepreneur, worked with startups most of my life doing big data analytics and mostly tech stuff. And on the side, I've been investing in real estate since 2012. I mean, I got into it because a friend of mine said, hey, look at the property values in Orlando, Florida. You won't believe it. I said, really? So went down to Orlando, looked at the condo values. I was like, well, this is not much of a risk. So and we picked up one condo and then I bought another one, another one, another one. I ended up you know, having almost nine condos in Orlando, Florida. And then I figured that, you know, if we can just, and then also, you know, single family condos was managing it hard. So, but we have a good property manager there. So God bless her and it's doing well. But I said, okay, multifamily. And I've been reading about all these benefits of multifamily. Let's do that. So bought my first multifamily, which is a 12 unit in here in Massachusetts. Well, that's so three years ago. And I said, okay, that's great. And I started working on it. Again, got a property manager. That's my, the way I do it is I don't not want to property manage. I want to, you know, just make sure the deal is right and then find a good property manager and get that going. That's still working well. And then, like I said, two years ago, I had finished my five years with the, you know, the tech startup and my stocks all rested. And I'm looking to say, okay, what's next? And I can go do another tech startup. Then I paid attention to my passive income. I said, this is interesting. This, my startup salary is less than my passive income per month. So that tells you something, right? And I was like, if I, if I do one more of these things, you know, a 20 unit or 25 unit, that should be good. And that should cover my, at least the W2 income and more. And fortunately, I have a spouse that is in a full-time job doing very well. So the benefits and everything covered. I'm not saying that is the recipe to do it, but it, the timing was right. And I took the plunge and I quit that job, the startup, to start Smart Capital. The idea was to maybe buy another multifamily, 25 to 50 units in Massachusetts or the other area where looking was North Carolina. Started looking at, but you know, didn't find much. We did a lot of deal analysis and then... Somehow, somewhere, I stumbled upon the world of multifamily syndication, and that was an eye-opener. And I said, wow, this is great. And I literally went to school on multifamily syndication. I joined a mastermind. I read every book there was, heard every podcast there was on multifamily syndication. So I just zoomed in on just doing multifamily syndication from listening to everything on Bigger Pockets. I said, no, I'm going to just filter on the multifamily podcast and learned as much as I could. 
And in the meanwhile, I had a friend who was a co-sponsor in a deal in Georgia and offered me to invest in it. And I looked at the deal, I analyzed it. And at that time, I was just not ready. I had not finished so-called my education part of it. And I said, hold off on that, but maybe I'll think about it. But once you know, I was sort of ready, understood what it means, understood the math behind it, understood the whole components of it, I said, okay, let me take the plunge. And I invested, started investing passively. That was great, but I said, no, I'm going to do this more involved and started looking at deals, bought the deal flow analyzer and started looking at deals left and right. The other interest I had was when I was leaving my tech startup was to see what is new in this real estate world. I mean, where is technology and real estate leading up to today? So I said, you know, if I get bored of you know, just doing analysis, I'll go look at what are the tools out there that are helping in the tech analysis. And I, lo and behold, I started researching that, met with a nice person, Jennifer Conway from MIT, who had done a research on whole machine learning and AI in real estate. I was like, wow. So I met Jennifer in January. I said, you know, I want to, this is passion. This is a very passionate topic for me. And she said, yeah, that's great. You know, we talked about a lot. She told me about all the tools that are there. And I looked at, you know, a bunch of tools that she had researched on, you know, Inodos and the other bunch of tools that were there. So there came an opportunity to invest passively in a deal. I did it. I did the whole analysis, took all the tools that I have access to, you know, ran, ran the analysis to that and put in my first passive investment. And like I said, it was interesting. And then I kept, that was good. A few months down the road, same thing. I had another opportunity to invest. I said, no, this time I want to be you know, more active. I say, what can you do? I said, I can do deal analysis or I can you know, help raise money. This is the deal is already here. How would you raise us you know, money for this deal? How much can you raise? I have no idea how much can I raise. Uh, this is my first raise. So they said that my sponsor who had, there was a Spain sponsor that I had worked with two years ago and not invested in it. He took a said, that's fine, Raj, you go ahead, what you can do. And I did a decent amount of money for that. So became a GP on that. So this is good now. And that happened last November of 2018. And the deal closed this, this January. And alongside, we found another deal by the same sponsor. And it was looking good. And I had all the investors lined up and excited because they couldn't participate in the first one because that was oversubscribed. So I went down for due diligence on this deal to Georgia again, and we were looking all excited about this deal. It was more than 200 units. I was like, wow, this will be great. But we found some issues. We found some issues in the property. The structural engineer was on site with us, and they said, well, there is some issues. And the owner, the seller at the time was not budging on the price point and taking care of that issue. So we walked away from that deal. Yeah, so that was, it was a lot of time and effort put into it, but good learning and good lesson that sometimes it's best to walk away from this deal. Turned out to be a blog article that I wrote that, you know, sometimes the deals, some of the best deals are the ones that you walk away from. Yeah, so fast forward, this latest deal, 225 unit in Amarillo, Texas came by from the people that I work with in the mastermind group that I'm involved with. And they said, Raj, there's a deal. I said, okay, show me the deal. I might look at investing in it, but let me look at the numbers. But my interest is not just passive and be active. So I, so I, this time I knew the team members and I knew the, their, stealth, their strength and skills. So I said, yeah, this deal has been analyzed and I did my own analysis on it and worked wonderfully well. So I took it to my investors and pitched it, raised the capital, and we closed the deal last week. Nice, nice. So I want to get into that deal a little bit, but I want to back up and talk about your transition from your W-2 to jumping into real estate full-time. But you know, I thought it was interesting too, though. You had already been investing in real estate enough that you had 
replaced your income with passive income from real estate before you ever got into syndication, correct? Sure. Absolutely right. That's right. I mean, that's very successful right there. You know, I mean, not many people can get to that point. Right. I mean, it was 22 units and they were all doing well. And like I said, at that point, I, I just looked at the income that was coming in. I was like, this is not bad. And like I said, I took a plunge of saying, I'll just find you know a couple of more like these and I should be all set. I can play golf on Fridays. Nobody to ask me, why are you playing golf on Fridays? But that was the intent. Yeah. It was financial freedom and the personal freedom itself to take that plunge. So you took though a skill also that you had from a previous job, right? That helped you in real estate. And, you know, was that the, you know, just data analytics, you know, you talked about the data analytics, I think is a skill that you had in your, in the tech job. Tell me about how that related and how, you know, that transitioned you into multifamily. Oh yeah. I mean, see, there is, everything is data at the end of the day, right? I mean, what we look at, we simplify in, you know, the T12s and which is basically the operational income expenses from the last 12 months. And you look at the rent roll, everything is at the bottom line, there is a data, right? That is to analyze the deal. You can find out what the comparables are. That's the data. You can find out what the standard expenses are on these things. That's all data. And even just, you know, market analysis. I mean, where the job growth, the jobs are growing, what is the income, you know, median income? There's a whole set of data that is available to you. You just have to figure out how do you combine all this data into one piece and say, you know what, this is a good deal. This is the right market. This is a good deal. And all the data indicators are pointing. There's patterns that you can recognize and you say the patterns are there. And that's what you do. And there's tools available, like I said, not there yet, but they're getting there. At some point, you know, you'll do all the lease audits and everything because everything is data. You just suck it into your database and you do random run your analytics algorithms to it and they spit out the answers, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing. Yeah. Some people love data and love numbers and some people do not. So it's just a good skill that you already had, even though it wasn't analyzing a deal. I mean, it was just easy. As soon as you understood what made sense and what doesn't, it made sense to you, right? So before you even got in syndication, that's awesome. And then, you know, and how you've progressed has been impressive. You know, and I noticed, you know, you have so many units in so many different markets. Also, you're not just sticking to your hometown. No, no, no. That was the first thing that I found out, again, based on data, the cap rates on the growth is there, but just the data to do the numbers was not working in my state of Massachusetts. Tell me about that a little bit. Why were you comfortable going to so many different markets and not just, say, focusing on one? You're right. I mean, there's some people that have hesitation of you looking outside your backyard, right? For me, I mean, I had read enough. I had met with, talked to a lot of sponsors who had been doing deals sitting in California. Their deals within, you know, Florida and Georgia and North Carolina. It's like, these guys are doing it. So there has to be a pattern to it. And the good thing, other thing I did it, I made some, some trips to these places. You know, every time we did due diligence, I actually flew down there before even I had committed to, you know, joining the team. And that made me comfortable. I mean, I, it's, it's like you look at feet on the ground, you see what's around there. You look at, you know, the businesses around there, the people that are renting the space, the rentals profile, you get a good feel. And that gives you a lot of comfort that, you know, there are, there are markets there that the numbers still work. And the bottom line is, you know, the, the deal should work. Yeah, it either makes sense or it doesn't, right? I mean, I don't mind being in numerous markets as long as you have your team there, right? And But let's talk about this last deal, the 225 units. Break that down for us a little bit and what that deal looked like and how you know, it was structured, maybe. So the deal is, like I said, 225 units in Amarillo. And like I said, my members in my mastermind group had found this deal. And it took them time to you know get to their analysis. And uh, another team member of on the steel, my, my partner, who is also in the mastermind, uh, is a construction management expert, asset management. So talking to her, 
and talking to deal analysis and the sponsor who had you know done multiple deals in the past got me comfortable to this deal and the, you know like i said the pitch was ready i did the analysis i did my own version of the presentation and took it to you know some friends first and they liked it they said yeah, we're ready to invest and then opened it up to you know more people it was a 506b so i could not publish it out to the world assuming the listeners know what that is so yeah i mean i had to go to my network of people to take it and, and people liked it basically the first investor in every deal of mine has been the same and that's me and if i am ready to invest in myself only then i would take the deal out to anybody else so yeah that it worked out well and the diligence came out fine so we closed that last week very exciting and went down there to take a look at the property property looks very good lot of potential the deals we look at is again in you know now mostly tertiary markets that we are finding these deals the value add should be there and we recognize the value add in terms of you know the occupancy and the what the market comps were the rents were still below market 100 150 below the comps we know what the numbers going to be in doing the renovations and put it all them through like i said we have a construction management expert on the team who knows every single dime and dollar to where to invest and where the returns would be so that's very comforting yeah so raj let's say somebody presents a deal like this to you you know what makes a deal an actual deal for you what are some things you're going to look at and kind of walk us through that process a little bit oh so yeah i mean it's funny you say that because i just wrote a article on linkedin which says you know what 10 things you should look for as a passive investor i don't have the list but i think the first thing is the team the very first thing on that thing is the team and i said you got to go comfortable be comfortable with the team and in in all the deals that i've done i've not done too many i mean four deals or three deals so far but i have known the lead sponsor their track record you know what they have done in the past how much involved they are in the deal itself and just talking to them having lunch with them or you know just somebody says breaking bread with them get comfortable with that i mean it's just not a transaction for me it's just more of a partnership even if my passive investing passively it's a partnership I and mean, it's not a blind investment Let me ask you about that. So what kind of track record must they have for you to feel comfortable investing? I mean, everybody's got to get started somewhere, right? But what does that look like for you as you're looking at deals? What kind of track record? I mean, track record is I mean, not everybody has done multiple exits, but you just see what their analysis has been. If they have exited deal, what were the returns were? I mean, in this case, the, both the lead sponsors had exited and with phenomenal returns to their investors. but again just you know you when you when you meet somebody you can tell how knowledgeable they are their relationship with brokers the lenders you sense all that and how you can work as individual with that team or the person and on that team other things that you look for are obviously the metrics the key metrics numbers the cash on cash returns the some people look at irr some people look at the average annualized returns i mean yeah we have some minimums on on that obviously we used to be much higher but i mean there still we still have very strong uh, measures on that very conservative measures on that is that something you can share like some you know just say you know it's going to have to have this cash on cash or this irr before we're even going to consider looking at it yeah sure so i mean we do definitely look at cash on cash on 9% plus it used to be 10 but i think now we're coming closer to 9 but i mean that pref rate is good i mean usually a 7 or 8% pref rate the irrs have to be over 15% 16% around that i mean the deals that we had were over 17% so those are good like i said these are all projections at this point yeah so those are the numbers i mean 17% irr 16% irr or you know about 10% cash on cash yeah okay great great anything else that you know really makes a deal a deal for you or maybe even things that you just immediately you could say oh 
you know, I'm not looking at that deal. What would that be? Oh, totally distressed property. I mean, or totally stabilized property. That's class A is not going to do much there, right? I mean, there's no value add for us. And distressed maybe a lot of value add or a lot of rewards in that, but the risk profile is too much on that. So if you have to say, you know, you have to gut down the whole thing and redo the whole thing, and but it'll be phenomenal, you know, class A property, not for me. Now, I think it's interesting you said too, you don't want a totally distressed property, but you also don't want a totally stabilized property, right? You know, like a, if it's everything's already been done to it, it's already at market rents, I, what value is there to... Yeah, what value can you add and what's the yield play? And then it's just, you know, might as well uh, invest passively in something that is just giving you a yield. But I think the challenge, the challenge and the fun of it is taking something that is not too distressed, still has the value add and getting in there and doing it alongside your partner team and you know raising the rents, raising the value, reducing expenses. That's the fun. Yeah. And Raj, what's been the hardest part of the syndication business for you so far? I mean, it's, it's hard, but I think it's getting, I mean, I'm, I'm getting very comfortable and I'm enjoying it. It's basically teaching people about syndication itself. I mean, I mean, I realized not too many people were aware of multifamily syndication in general, at least in my network of friends and family. But that gave me an opportunity. So I actually started a meetup group. It's a small size meetup group that just talks about basics of multifamily. What is it? And it's very, very simplified. And it's getting to a level that now we, the people that were introductory level have gone to the next level now. But that is fun part of it and still remains fun part of it. They, you know, I'm getting to challenge myself, but I also love the part of the educating others, investors. I tell that don't not invest in a deal blindly. I mean, learn what you're investing in. And I'm here to, you know, guide you on that. And people, you know, say, I'll, I'll trust you. You know, why don't you put my 50000 in the deal? I said, no, I can't do that. You come to this meetup. It's on this Wednesday. Introduction to multifamily. Ask questions or you'll find people who are in a similar boat. So that's been interesting and challenging, but I love the whole education part of it. Now, I appreciate that too. Like somebody just wants to hand you a check, but you really want them to understand what they're investing in. Mm -hmm. So what about a way that you've recently improved your business that we could all apply to ours? Because I've become so passionate about it. I mean, I and my the, the education part of it, I've started talking and blogging and writing articles and putting it on Facebook that what we do just to, you know, make sure what aware of, you know, people that, hey, say, I had no idea about this, but I read your blog, I read your article on LinkedIn. I'm curious now. So that's what I've been doing. I've been, I'm constantly blogging and writing articles or holding these meetups and going to other meetups and talking to people, networking as much as I can. And I didn't expect that, but I mean, I'm getting people to, you know, call me saying, hey, heard you, saw what you wrote. What can I do to get involved? How can I know all, how can I, I go to the next step like you did. I said, hey, just join the journey with me. It's, it's, it's a journey. So I'm, I'm glad that first people that I've talked to were maybe, you know, doing wholesaling or they're flipping and now are interested in multifamily syndication. I said, go read these books, go read these articles, talk, you know, listen to these podcasts and then come to my office. You'll sit down, you know, have a cup of tea or coffee. We'll talk one-on-one -on -one and I do that. I mean, I got meetings in my office and these are not investors. These are people who just are wanting to do multifamily. They are real estate professionals, but want to get into the whole multifamily syndication game. What book do you tell them to read? People specifically interested in multifamily syndication, I give them the idea of the Joe Fairless book, the syndication book. Awesome. And then you mentioned a few different, what we would call like thought leadership platforms there. Like you got a meetup, you got a blog, you know, you're writing articles, you're on social media more, you're speaking. Which one would you say is allowing you to connect with the most investors? I think my educational meetup. 
it is the best one. I have people that I met first time and I talked to them and gotten them involved and they have now invested in this latest deal as well. I mean, I was not expecting that, but they say, Raj, we, we see what you do. We see your passion. We understand what we are investing in now based on, you know, what you've shown us. And I said, that's great. I mean, absolutely. Because, you know, I don't know who reads my blogs, so I don't have a feedback on that. But the meetups, especially the small meetups that we have, is a direct feedback. Immediately, right? <laughs> What's the one thing that's contributed to your success? I think just being passionate and just, like I said, it's not a job, but it's a job. I mean, I'm just, I'm working more hours than I was doing in my startup, but I don't feel it. It's just living and breathing it day in, day out. It's just become part of me. I can relate. I understand. That's awesome. And so what's a way that you like to give back? You know what? If somebody says that I retired or I am financially free because of Raj, what he showed me, I would be very happy to do that. I mean, that would be a good thing to know. And I, I can already see some people getting there and I'm they just at least feeling it that they're getting there. But someday if somebody says, hey, I quit my job or I financially free now because of what Raj, the path that Raj showed me, I think that'll be very rewarding. That would be very rewarding. Raj, you've been a, just a great guest. Thank you so much for your value that you've provided to the listeners. Tell them how they can get in touch with you. Oh, absolutely. I'm in LinkedIn, Facebook, look up Raj Tekchanani, or, you know, my email address is Raj, R-A-J, at Smart Capital M-G-M-T, that's for management. So smartcapitalmgmt.com, Raj at smartcapitalmgmt.com. Great. And we'll have that in the show notes. And I really appreciate your time again, Raj. Thanks, the listeners. I appreciate you all being with us today and every day. I hope you will go to LifeBridge Capital and connect with me. And then also go to our Facebook group, The Real Estate Syndication Show, so we can all ask questions and learn from experts like Raj together, grow our business together. And uh, I would appreciate if you would also share the show. I would be grateful for that. And we will talk to each of you tomorrow. Thank you, Whitney. Thank you for listening to The Real Estate Syndication Show, brought to you by LifeBridge Capital. LifeBridge Capital works with investors nationwide to invest in real estate while also donating 50% of its profits to assist parents who are committing to adoption. LifeBridge Capital, making a difference, one investor and one child at a time. Connect online at www.lifebridgecapital.com for free material and videos to further your success.